0: This is Limit Up, a trading
1: podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, Forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show.
0: All right, let's do this. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast, which is, of course, presented by Top Step. I am your trading Sherpa, Jack Pelzer. I am on the road right now, so uh, I don't have a fancy microphone or anything like that. Uh, As Dan has commented on, I am huddled in the uh, carpeted bathroom of my (laughs) in-law's condo in (laughs) Seattle right now. (laughs) I'm out here for a uh, wedding and... um, there's a lot going on in this condo, and uh, it's good to sit down and just talk one-on-one with you, Dan. How have you been? How's everything been this week?
1: Jack, it's been good. It's actually funny. I remember when COVID first started, and you have your little quarantine circle. Uh, mine was some siblings and my parents and a couple of neighbors, and we kind of all just huddled together and hung out. My mom, she's a big fan of you know daytime talk shows, and one of them being Kelly Clarkson. Oh, sure. And uh, if you remember Kelly Clarkson, she was American Idol. She's got her own talk show. I think uh, something with Kelly. I have no clue. I know nothing about it, but she was doing her shows from her bathtub. Like that's where she was hiding out for some solace because they're in the middle of re- remodeling their house. So they were staying in like some two bedroom, small little house in the middle of Montana. And she got all her kids and her husband and she would go into her bathtub to uh, do her show. Yeah. I don't know how
0: people do that without being insecure about, um, you know, I usually do this in my fortress of solitude at home or in the office, and uh, I had to wait for a gap right here. We're recording this a little later than usual because I had to wait till everybody went out to uh, go take a walk or something because I feel like such a weirdo, you know, (laughs) speaking by myself in a room about trading when, you know, my in-laws are sitting three feet away. So they're gone. I'm all on board. So let's do this. Today, um, our topic is going to build a little bit on the coach's playbook, which I was not at this week, so I'll learn along with you. But we're talking about doing your homework. But wait, you say, you have talked about this before. We have. So today we're talking about a specific facet of your trading homework specifically, which is what sources you're looking at and how to vet those sources. We'll talk about some other stuff as well, but I think that'll be the gist of it. Dan, did I outline this topic correctly? You nailed it spot on there, Jack. I love doing that. So Dan, maybe you can kind of open up here and we can talk a little bit about maybe what resources you use and at a high
1: level, how you go about checking them out. Absolutely. Well, this is kind of came up, this topic came up this week is because There's so many places out there this day and age, and we've talked in the past about the idea of like social trading, utilizing social media and finding groups, and I still stand by it. I fully support that. I think it's super important to have a community, have a place where you're bouncing ideas and hearing other other people's ideas, but you got to be cautious with it too, right? Because there's so many sources. This is not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where your little trading group was the 100 people down in the pit right? Uh-huh. Like that was your group. They were all professional traders and you didn't have to vet them out. You knew if they were there, they were there for a reason. The new guys, you kind of watch them if they peeled off. Okay. Well, that was a good thing. I didn't listen to that guy. You, so you had an idea of who you were listening to now, you know, with the invention of a cell phone and the ease of access to the internet yeah, and so many platforms out there, you got to just be cautious. You know, it's easy to find a chat room or a group that's, Going to give you trade calls and say buy here and sell here, which is great. You know, if that's what you're looking for, you know, I can't tell you you're going to be long term successful doing that, which I think is what we're all in this for. Uh, But making sure you're finding the groups that you're giving, they're giving validation and reasoning behind what they're doing. You've got to make sure you're looking into who these people are. Do they have an accredited history in the industry? Have they been around long enough? Um, Or are they just someone that's recognizing there's opportunity here to? gain some followers, get a little uh, 15 minutes of fame and so you just need to, you know, do your due diligence when looking into these groups. I think it
0: comes back. I've mentioned this metaphor before, but the double-edged sword of information. So 20, 30 years ago, like Dan talked about, for your retail trader there was a lack of both access and a lack of access to information it was hard you had to know someone to get into the industry or try very hard or have a lot of capital around it wasn't something you could just really i mean by 98 you could fire up e-trade but we're talking about trading futures here right? right mostly you had to know someone you had to get involved it was your career and there wasn't a lot of information out there now it's almost the pendulum's completely swung. Where now I would say the issue is kind of over access and a deluge of information where there's infinite information out there in the markets. And what I mean by over access is we've reached the point where it's no longer you have to try to trade securities. There's a lot of places out there that are ramming the opportunity to trade securities down your maw. You're going. <laughs>
1: So, Which is so true.
0: Yeah, you need to be a disciplined. I mean, before it was you had to be a disciplined person just to find the information. Now it's so much about filtering all of the big data stuff. It's uh, finding ways to filter the constant deluge of data that's coming down. Like the numbers are startling. When you you can look up online and find some version of the stat that is you know however many. Each year, we create more information than was previously available for the rest of time, right? Mm -hmm. Just with all the ones and zeros we're putting together. So it becomes increasingly important to doing your due diligence and finding out what these places are about. Because a good, I mean, there's a lot of good sources out there.
1: There's some spectacular sources. And I just, you know, thinking in perspective here, I'm obviously, I'm not that old, but still into my 30s here. And I remember when I was younger to watch TV, you were adjusting the bunny ears, you were getting your antenna set up. I remember when we first got cable, which wasn't a lot of channels. So you were if you had that, you were relying on local news for some sort of information and in your paper to come in and how much it's changed. Now you've got you've got a supercomputer in your pocket that has access to anything and everyone around the world. And you really want to be cautious of what you're looking at and how you're using that information, which I think is the most important part. How are you using that information for yourself? Because you've got Twitter, which is such a phenomenal resource. One of the fastest ways to get you know, news. The first thing they're doing, the tweet goes out, then the blog article goes up on their website, and then they start talking about the news once they get the script put together. So there's processes.
0: Yeah, I don't use social media, but I use Twitter for that. Um, it's good to have account, all traders have Twitter open. Uh, that was a constant when I was in the industry. So I still do.
1: I have a Twitter account. I've tweeted on there a couple of times I never really got into the tweeting thing, but I'm always, always watching it. I have a few companies and businesses and people that I watch strictly because, okay, cool. I got information on that. I got to do a quick little research on that first. Who are some accounts that you follow? So one of them we talked about yesterday, which was actually introduced to me by JD as well as Hogue or on Tuesday, um, was Live Squawk. And then I love Associated Press because they're usually one of the first ones to put the news out. They just put a title out there, a headline, and they're so fast about it. Is it always like what they say is everything? Probably not. Just like every other news source out there. But you do a little reading, you do a little digging, um, but you get that quick, that quick alert to me. That's been why I've, I've I can claim I can point out certain trades that because I got the news faster than someone else I was able to capitalize. Yeah,
0: some wild things. I think I've said this before too, but my best trading day ever at the firm was off of a fake. Somebody hijacked the AP's Twitter account and put out a wild tweet that was. I won't go into it because you know I don't want to be a ghoul here. But it was a tweet so wild that the algos didn't know what to do besides just immediately. It was it was such an outrageous tweet from a trusted source. Um, it was something about like a bomb going off in the White House that the algos just had to react because the downside could be so large in that. Whereas I was kind of thinking at that point, like eh, even within a few seconds, it's like this would be like there would be a lot of you'd see it blowing up all over Twitter right now People in DC, and so this
1: is the classic use of Twitter. You'd be seeing this in other spots, right? And you're at the Chicago Board of Trade, which is a huge target. So, you know, if something like that happens, sirens are going off in the building,
0: yeah, immediately. And um, so, just by like trust in the gut, it kind of worked out. So, that's an example of like Twitter saving it. So, you uh, look at Live Squawk, um, any
1: sort of influencers or anything like that that you think are worth taking a look at. I think I've, a lot of people out there follow a lot of influencers. I have no desire. doesn't really intrigue me. Um, I would say the only guy whose tweets I look at are Credelli's strictly because I have a personal relationship with him and uh, he loves talking about his hair. So I, I'll listen to, I'll, I'll read, uh, I follow Anthony Credelli on there, but not, no one in there I'm looking at for sources for trading. I'm not looking for other people's levels. I use my own. Um, I'm strictly a news base to me, the most important one, and I, I mentioned this on the, the playbook and I'll kind of dive in a little bit more on it, but it was probably six or seven years ago and, uh, we were down on the floor and I had my cell phone out at all times and I was working actually for my dad at the time. And he'd give me a hard time. He's like, put your damn phone away. Leave it at the desk. I don't want to see it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have my phone. You're not going to tell me I can't have my phone. And, uh, I always had it sitting out right up up front of my computer or in front of my tablet or up where I could see it. I had my phone there, text messages and news sources came through. And I said to him one day, I was like, well, I like getting my news on my phone. I don't want to look up at the writer's board up on the floor. And I'm like, I think my phone's better. He goes, no, that's the fastest source of news. Well, you'll get in the world right there. You'll see it there before anyone else in the world has it. Well, I had my phone sitting there, get an alert on my phone. I don't remember what happened. Um, but I had a, I got a notification on my phone with a major headline. I said, uh oh, here's something's gonna happen. And uh quickly scooped up a couple bonds, caught a move, then the news hit, sent the market even higher, but I was able to capitalize ahead of time because I had notifications turned on on my phone.
0: Now we must caution you have to be selective with these sorts of plays because even in the years since we've been in the industry. Automation has become so much more sophisticated at data mining, tweets, and news headlines. So you don't want to try and trade yourself like that, thinking that like if you see the markets move on something, they're going to move before you can put usually these things on. So that can't be your whole strategy. Absolutely, You have to digest the information.
1: Definitely not. I'm using it strictly because it's a quick information source. It allows me to prepare or think about or look into these things.
0: It's better, honestly, for getting out of trades because you may, now you know that the thesis that you went in, like your level might not mean anything. And I want to circle back to what you were saying earlier. I think that you can use influencers and whatever else to kind of learn from their processes if there's, you know, sound processes. But once again, levels, you got to make your own levels if you're ever going to have an edge. Nobody would give away for free or probably really any amount of money. If they had levels that really work better than everyone else, they wouldn't sell it to you. They would just trade it.
1: I mean, Jack, you were at a firm when we had a guy that was hitting a level pretty heavily and he was crushing it. Is he going to turn over and say, Jack, Jack, this level's killing it? Probably not, even though you're on a team. Unless you're doing, this was something that one of the firms I was at, we did a, it was a, Everyone's PL was combined and you got certain percentages of the team's PL. So forcing everyone to work together. A lot of firms don't aren't that way. And you each have your own payout based off of your own accounts, um, which still was the case, but there was a there was a community aspect to your payouts in there. And so, like if one guy was struggling or one guy was hitting that level and it was he was crushing it, he wanted a lunge to tell everyone. But if we weren't sharing that information, And we weren't sharing that. It's usually very quiet. You're not saying anything. You're kind of hiding over there. Like, yeah, I'm crushing this level. This is killing it. Yes. 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 And you're not saying
0: a word. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's more the case when you're at a prop shop for most of our retail traders, they don't have that same sort of fiscal camaraderie, honestly, probably for the best in most cases. I don't know a lot of people outside of a trading shop that, you know, Dan, I respect you as a trader, but I, w- I, w- I would never share an account with you just because it's a bad thing to do between friends. No,
1: that's not, that's <laughs> not something you want to do.
0: So I guess that brings us to going uh, to make up a few uh, golden rules right here uh, to kind of summarize where we're at so far. One, I like to look for trusted economics and stuff. The uh, gold standards of that would be like Wall Street Journal, Financial Times. I'd probably put, you know bloomberg a little bit and i I, I, the next tier would be cnbc and bloomberg they're still they're more infotainment than the others and then what you said that i thought was important i'm having a mind blank right here we'll wait one second
1: yeah
0: yeah leave this in sometimes it's fun to watch there was something that you said that oh it's gonna escape me now oh yeah i think it's what you said about having to make your own levels, right? You can't just uh, copy what's there, which leads me to the golden rule I just remembered is be careful what you pay for, right? Think about what that transaction looks like. And there are good paid programs out there. I think that I would look for a program that is more teaching you the fundamentals and how to trade rather than selling you the levels. Because as I mentioned, to me, that sounds an awful lot like those... uh, lock sports, uh, bets that people will sell and stuff like that. That makes you a, a better, and you're never going to get ahead in the long run using other people's levels. You got to figure out your own view of the market to find any edge.
1: It really comes down to, I think a couple of things you want to think about is it's teach a man to fish versus give a man a fish. If you're in these rooms and you're paying for this stuff, the people moderating their job is to make trades. Their job is to show you action and there's nothing wrong with that you can sit there and you can take as much or as little as you want out of those information just keep in mind whenever anyone's giving advice you have a different risk for appetite or appetite for risk than they do they're looking at things a little bit differently and if maybe if you're in a trade calling room they're not concerned about di- downside you know nearly as much as maybe you are you they might be on a bigger account you might be on a smaller account they might be able to take a little bit more risk because they are generating revenue by having people in that room watching And if they're showing that they're regularly trading, it's going to attract more people. There's things like that you want to keep in mind. And I'm not shooting those down. I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to shoot down any sort of trade room. Um, I just want to make sure when you are in those, you know, you recognize what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting education in the sense they're showing you how to execute and they're showing you trades that they're taking. And then it's your job to recognize, does that work within my strategy? If it doesn't work in your strategy, totally okay. You don't have to take everyone that they take. But take what you can get out of it. Yeah.
0: So as we move beyond the hard sources, the gold standard data, so in that, everybody uses this part of the research. I would say this includes your charts. They don't lie. Ball don't lie. Rashid Wallace. Your charts are the hard data. Any hard data you can get from the CME, anything like that. Plus, you know, as we mentioned, I would generally put the Wall Street Journal and Financial Times into that. And I'm not talking about the Wall Street Journal editorial page. That's opinion. (laughs) I'm talking about their actual stories are pretty, pretty good as far as business. Then you start moving into the realm of sources that I think are still useful, but you need to vet them as far as what their biases are. These usually are things you don't pay for. And for me, these range from CNBC, which is pretty good, but they clearly have a very pro stock agenda. Also CNBC, and I'm not, not that I really care, like, why am I worried about saying something, you know, talking shit about NBC (laughs) universal? They don't care, but CNBC is all right for most things, but they're pro stock and they have this ugly habit of letting big money players come on and pump their own trades, which I don't love. Uh, This is probably something that you just intuitively know, but you see someone, Stanley Druckmeyer or whatever, like whoever it is, come on there and, uh, talk about their thoughts on a stock, you can be pretty confident that they're not going to put people against them in that trade.
1: No. Yeah. Their their goal their goal is to attract more people into their position. They want to they want and which is and I, I think I think it's an understood, you know, when you turn this on and they've got some some contributor on there saying, "Oh, I really love I I think everyone should be buying this stock." Uh, I bet you can. I bet you can easily guess that person's position. They're not short it. They're looking for you to join them. Get in on it. They're not trying to get out of that. They're not trying to sell it. And you just have to keep in mind too. When you look at a lot of this stuff, if it's on TV, their job is to entertain. If it was just reading the basics of the markets, where they're at, you know, moving here, we have this moving average there, or we have you know showing some indicators and talking about a specific stock and leaving it as that, and they all agree with the same thing wouldn't be the case. They're going to have someone in there playing devil's advocate. They're going to try and, you know, ignite a little bit of uh, excitement in the conversation because people are watching. And as I think, Jack, I think you've said it, and I know I've heard it from multiple different people. You know, when you're on TV, you have to be, to show some energy, you have to be like insanely energetic off camera. Yeah. You have to come off big to look like a normal person on TV. Exactly, and and that's exactly what they're doing. And I don't dis I don't discredit it at all. I watch CNBC all the time. I mean, Jack, when we were in the office, that's all I ever had on at my desk was CNBC.
0: Yeah, CNBC or Bloomberg. I love watching it. Yeah, it's it's comforting to have on in the background. What goes next, though, is even more uh, than part of that entertainment is. Then the next sort of levels you need to be careful about are places that are spoon feeding you what you want to hear and have a clear bias as far as that goes and the classic example i always use of this is zero hedge which i think zero hedge has helpful articles on it but they attract viewers to their site mostly by pushing their view of the world that the people like and so they engage if you guys know it and i'm still a lot of those views i read their stuff but it's like (laughs) every day in the past. 15 years, how long, long it's been around on Zero Hedge, it's always the day before the market implodes and we go back to the gold standard, right? Yeah. And that is the lens. There's useful stuff, but you need to be aware of the biases of a, of a, of a site. And this extends even more so when you go to social media, right? When you start going to Reddit boards and things like that, it's very easy to find a community of people that, have the same lens as you do. Like if you want to go long Tesla, you can find obviously a huge community a community of people that will ban every naysayer and it'll be nothing but a Tesla hype party, whether it goes up, down, stay still. If you want to go short Tesla, you can find the same thing. Some of this, you know, just a whole area of this is the most overvalued thing ever. And that's true of the futures market too. So you can find whatever opinion you want. And I think we have a little inside information too. There's chicanery that goes on there, right? There are people out there that will pay influencers to push a view. I mean, let's not delude ourselves. I don't want to have to talk to the lawyer before we release this. But so I won't name any names, but we've heard stories about large sums of money being offered by various entities i'm gonna make it this as vague as possible to create content that goes with their view of the market over the next year would you say that i know it's vague but dan was not a... vague enough it's definitely vague enough so you need to be a savvy consumer of what you're listening to you know check multiple sources don't just make a trade based on what one person says think about the why think about what the entanglements of this person might be. This is a good life
1: skill in general. Jack, it goes to like one of my main lessons that I try and teach a lot of traders is whenever a market gets to a level, you're like, ask yourself, you know, what's the validation to go long? What's the validation to go short? Make sure you're looking at both sides of it. Make sure you're trying to get an idea of each thing. If you were to go long, here's what I would do. If I went short, here's what I would do. Do the same thing with the news you're looking at, right? If you like the idea of buying Tesla, well. Do a little reading into why you shouldn't, why you should be short Tesla, why you should be selling Tesla so you can see that side of things. Um, Because just like anything in the entire world, doesn't matter what the topic is. There's going to be two sides to it. And you can always find justification for what you want. I mean, there's a great movie out there that kind of cracks me up. Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn. I think it's like the internship or the intern. Yeah, the internship where they go intern at Google and Owen Wilson went on a date with a girl and he was saying something and it was a total fabricated lie. And she's like, Oh, let me Google that. And he goes, well, Google has totally ruined my chances for wooing a girl on a date. Um, Strictly because you can Google it, but you know, you can also Google things. You can make a point and you can, you can validate your point, even though it's a hundred percent wrong by Googling it. Make sure you try and look at every, every aspect of both sides of these ideas.
0: Yeah. Especially as you're developing your strategies or if you hold on to some longer term positions, like if you're swing trading, you know, don't psych yourself out of it, but be aware of the reasoning against the position that you're in, at least acknowledge it. Don't become a zealot. As I say, Yes,
1: you cannot marry it because you believe it and maybe it's working a little bit. You have to, you got to recognize when you're wrong. I think that's like the best thing about trading. You don't have to be right or wrong. You just have to be profitable. No one gives a shit if your answer is right. All they care about is, are you making money? Are you successful? And if you can be the first person to admit you're wrong, you have a chance of being successful.
0: Right. And just importantly, do not fall into the sort of research fallacy of having an opinion and then just validating it by going out there and selectively finding information
1: that will validate it. You can do that in other things in life, but you can't do that with trading. Yeah. well, what's, what's an example of that? Like politics, you know, this day and age, this day and age, there's no swinging someone. So even if it doesn't matter what side has like the perfect facts, if someone has a political belief on something, there's no changing your mind, but in trading, you can get checked really quickly.
0: Well, also how you vote or something is a little bit more complicated on i I would say the vast majority of americans people of the world could do a theoretically a lot more damage their well-being in a brokerage account than they could in the ballot box right (laughs) i mean like you could have like listen we could have some you know elect some real shitty leadership, but they're probably not going to, you know, margin call. There's enough checks
1: and balances to be like, "Ah, okay, we're going to be a, we'll get through this four years. So
0: anyway, to sum this up, check both sides, be careful what you pay for, evaluate biases, and talk to your community and see who they listen to or who they trust. And just always have a healthy degree of skepticism without being a, uh, a butthead, so to speak. So before we went out this time, Dan, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit. So we're going to be taking a little bit of hi- a hiatus uh, during the month of August for the podcast while we uh, we're moving to a new office. We're getting some stuff shifted around, but we'll be back soon. We promise, Dan. Uh, you're still down to do this, right? Oh, always. So though we will be off the air, we might release some old episodes in the meantime or a compilation. But just for this month, uh, you might not notice us in that feed. So you know, if you
1: miss it, it's like we're in Europe and we're taking our uh, we're taking our month off every year. I wish. Yeah, we're going on holiday to the. We're uh, going on holiday
0: to the uh, Wisconsin Riviera, where Dan is stationed. station.
1: <laughs> hey, we do have a we have a place in town called the Riviera. Oh, nice.
0: What what is it? It's
1: like a like restaurant. You know, it's called. Uh, no, it's just this big uh, pavilion off uh, right in downtown, and uh, you got a nice ballroom upstairs and a bunch of touristy shops in the bottom. I couldn't tell you the last time I walked through it, but we have one. It's good. I do love a good pavilion. I was just at uh, so I'm in Seattle right now, and I
0: was just in uh, Pike's Place Market this morning, and that was. Uh, I was gonna ask, did you do some uh, salmon tosses? You know, I've, I've been here, so my wife has grew up in Seattle. So, um, I've been here a bunch of times I've seen the fish thrown, but if it's your first time here, go do it. But even for the locals, my in-laws condo is not far from the market. People still go there. They got great prices on, uh, produce. Oh, before we go, I gotta say, (laughs) I, I, uh, you know, I've been here four or five times. And so everyone out there, the first, the original Starbucks is in Pike's place market, the first Starbucks. And, It makes me feel a little bit imperiled about the state of humanity that you would not believe every time you're there, there is a line down the block. And we're talking, I walk by there on a Monday, a weekday, line down the block of tourists going into a Starbucks, the first Starbucks. And there's nothing particularly special about it. They still serve the same Starbucks products and it's just like a storefront starbucks and people make this pilgrimage and it really makes me wonder if we can make this all work in the future you know we're gonna need to can we colonize the solar system when so many people are (laughs) waiting an hour and a half to get into a one of there's
1: twenty-six thousand starbucks well i've got a hot take i don't even think starbucks coffee's that good and i love coffee
0: i don't even think it's a hot take i mean starbucks is kind of crap i I try and actively avoid it It somehow both tastes bad and gives me the jitters
1: yeah i it's like overburnt i don't know i am not a starbucks i'll drink it if that's the coffee i need to drink which is fine but man i don't know i drink a lot of coffee and starbucks tends to be avoided
0: yeah i'm much more of a lock loam or i'm trying to think of i think they're a national chain at this point I drink Collectivo Blonde Roast. Oh, they're good. They just they just came in and they opened two near me, so that's where. So and it's a
1: Wisconsin-based company.
0: Nice, and uh, I think their whole thing is they treat their workers well, right? I I think they do. I think that's why it's called Collectivo. I just think about the tenacious D song too, Explosivo.
1: Well, maybe maybe during our hiatus, we'll we'll think through a a coffee episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll rank the ways to get fired up. We could talk about our. Caffeinated drinks that keep us going while we're trading someday. Oh, then yeah,
0: I won't spill the beans on any of my drinking stimulants uh, yet. We'll save <laughs> that when we get back and hiatus. But in the meantime, everybody, go out, enjoy yourself. You know, it's Thursday afternoon, it's the summer. You know, spend some time with your family, friends. I am and I've had a great this last week has really been energizing for me. So very exciting stuff. We'll see you at the beginning of September. And until then, from the Limit Up crew, have a great week. Namaste and trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32.